your friend Dan cannot really hear discussions of medical procedures without getting the heebie-jeebies. I have never heard of Dumbo. Have you heard of Dumbo? Not the elephant, the place. The heebie-jeebies. Okay? Okay? Hey, it's Dan Class. Welcome to The Bitterest Pill. I am live in my garage, recording live. How can I be live if I'm recording, you ask? Uh, uh, I misspoke. I'm sitting in my garage by myself recording a podcast, okay? Can I get more honest than that? No, that's, that's really all that's happening. Um, it's been so long since I've done one of these shows, I don't even remember how long it's been. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. Um, it's been since before I had lunch with listener Tom, which I think was ages ago. That seems like a month ago. Was that a month ago? I think it was right before we went back east. So, so since we last spoke, um, yeah, I, I, I went to New York. We came back from New York and then I've been sick for like a week and a half. So that's why that wasn't happening. Between New York and being sick, uh, I don't know what we were getting ready for school or I'm sure there was something going on. Anyway, how have you been? Have you been okay? <clears throat> let's let's get right into it. Now, first of all, I have to apologize right now. I'm probably not going to have time to to edit out of the show all the clearing of the throat. That's just a thing, and it's going to happen. And that's just, you know, that's it. I'm sorry. I've been doing it for a week and a half, and um, I don't know if we're going to get into that today, but I've been doing it for a week and a half. So th- there you go. So where to begin? So I had so I had. <clears throat> lunch. <laughs> I should get some water. I had lunch with listener Tom. Can you hear the fan? Can you hear that? See, I, again, I take hours. Yeah, let's 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 pick up where we left off. So where we left off, essentially, was moments after. I think I think this is where we left off. Moments after Hudson and I drove around and around in circles around the perimeter of uh, South Coast Plaza. Looking for the Apple Store, which is technically, in my opinion, not in South Coast Plaza. And they said that I need a new graphics card for my computer. Now, I guess when I've been to the Apple Store, I've been so... Sorry. I've been so focused on the fact that the computer keeps crashing. I never talked to them about the fact that the fan sound is insane. Whenever I come in here to record... I should leave a part... Here, listen. This is an undoctored part of the show. All right, that's the fan. That I, I'm going to try to remember to not doctor that part of the show. Okay? Okay. So I'm so focused on the fact that the computer keeps crashing all the time that I forget to mention that the fan won't stop. And that whenever I... Especially when I come in here to record, it's at like... What is it? 600 RPMs, which is the max. The computers, they want to be around two, maybe three. They go up to six. And then if it gets too hot, I guess, after six, the thing just dies. And right now, I'm at 98%, 90, excuse me, 98 degrees 
Celsius. <laughs> yeah. And it's going at 600, uh, no, it's 6,000. I'm having such a hard time seeing from here. 6,000 RPMs. What? I had to get an app. I had to install an app into my computer that would tell me the temperature and the fan speed. I swear to you. So right before I got, it was a day or two before I got together and had lunch with listener Tom. And I decided this was, but, but after the South Coast thing, I decided to crack open the laptop. And so I have to get out all these special screwdrivers that I have and this little T6. Do you have a T6 wrench? You know you're a geek when you have a set of Torx screwdrivers. Is that what the T stands for? Torx? I have a, I have a whole, it looks like one of those little Allen wrench sets, but they're all Torx screwdrivers. I hope I'm saying that right, Tom. So I had to crack open, you know, the, the computer. And I literally took out the fans to see what the hell was going on with these fans. Because I kept looking up online and people kept saying, well, you know, your fan can get stuck because it's supposed to obviously spin, right? Spin, 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 And if it's too much stuff gets in there, it can slow down the spinning. So my plan was to crack open the computer, take out the fans, clean the fan blades, clean, you know, make sure the fan is spinning, put it back, blah, blah, blah. So I do that. I get out my little screwdrivers that I bought at Fry's Electronics. Do you have Fry's Electronics? It's like geek utopia. So I have little screwdrivers. I have my Torx, my T6, which apparently is what I'm going to need to get the fans out of the fan casing thing or something. I don't really know. <clears throat> no, the fans, as you can imagine, they sit in the back of the computer against the back. So they can exhaust out the back of the laptop, right? They spin, th theoretically sucking hot air away from the computer and pushing it out the back. And so I open up the thing and I've got the fans all exposed and I pull out the fans. And it looks like there's the, a very old, almost like fiberglass or felt screen between the fan and the exhaust little uh, thingies, you know, exhaust holes. You know what I mean? The vents, the actual vents. So I, I think I actually Googled at one point, hey, should there be an old fiberglass or, you know, like wool looking apparatus between the fan and the vent holes? Or is this just more lint than my lint catcher? On my dryer. Gumming up the works of... It's no wonder the computer cannot work to its proper properness. There is... Literally, I'll show you a picture. If you want to go to the, go to the website, there's a picture, I swear. I peeled it off with a pair of tweezers, and it was a measurable thickness. Measurable, like with a child's ruler, measurable thickness of bleh, like dust bunny felt. Whatever it comes off your socks and gets in the dryer, that's literally what it was. So I pull all that out of there, and I need to clean the fans. And what the guy did in the tutorial that I watched was he took out the fans and then he kind of semi took them apart and then he had a uh, toothbrush. 
and he cleaned the fan blades with the toothbrush, you know, and I went around, he's very careful, he's probably British, you know, and he went around, and I thought, hey, I want to do that, you know, but I don't know what I should use, I'll go look and see if I have a spare toothbrush, so I do not have a spare toothbrush, I don't, I don't have one, I buy them in bulk, so I should have one, because I shop at Costco, and I should have a spare toothbrush, but I didn't have a spare toothbrush, okay? You know where this is going, because it's going right where you think. Because I really wanted to clean the fans, because I really want my computer to stop crashing every time I want to scroll up or down. Every time I use motion, or every time, right? And Yes, the guy at the Apple store said I need a new video card. But some people on the internet said that their computers kept crashing and then they cleaned out their fans and then the fans were working properly and then the computer didn't crash. So I used my toothbrush. I used my toothbrush and I did not care. And I used my toothbrush to clean the fan blades of both fans in my MacBook Pro. Yes, I did. I admit it. And not with toothbrush, toothpaste, silly, right? Obviously, I'm not putting, you know, Sensodyne on my computer fans. I just kind of dry brush them off or whatever. Maybe I wet it. I don't know. Because you always wet your brush, right? Isn't that what you do? But I, but, I, but I clean the fans. And if you think, because the, the brush was brownish, blackish gray when I was done. Trust me, it was a horror show. So if you think that I continued to use that brush, <laughs> you are absolutely right. Because I didn't have another brush. I already told you that. I don't know what you think I'm going to use to brush my teeth. Have you gone for more than a couple hours without brushing your teeth? It's disgusting. I'd rather brush my teeth with the toothbrush that I used to clean my computer than not brush my teeth in the morning. Okay, so let's, okay. So, so I did that. And I put the fans back in and I checked the computer and it was going to work okay. And I started the computer and it worked and I plugged it in. I was so happy because my computer's not going to crash anymore, right? It's not going to crash anymore at all, except all the time, always just like before, except in theory doesn't make as much sound. Now, when I come into the studio here, like today, and the studio's 90 degrees, and I'm running uh, GarageBand and QuickTime, and QuickTime is recording, and GarageBand is recording, and I'm trying to uh, do video streaming, which is not working, then yeah, the baby gets up to about 6,000 RPMs. Normally, though, honestly, like just sitting in my living room, it's it's not been bad. So progress has been made, but the thing is still dying on me. Just to make things worse. So I was sick. And there was a day that I was home really sick. And then and my wife went and got Hudson. And then when they were on their way home or something, she called me and said, Oh, Dan, I need you to email something to my partner at work or whatever. And I was lying down and I was half asleep. And I had a big glass of water on the table next to my laptop. I know. I know. It theoretically had a lid on it. I have this plastic to go style cup, but it has a screw lid and a little hole for straw. I love it. So for some reason, because I'm so 
conscious of needing to be hydrated, I wake up, I take the call. She says, email the thing. I say, no problem. And before I get up, I grab the cup, semi by the screw on top. Apparently I had not screwed it on. It tips over. Water goes all over the floor. All over the floor. An entire tumbler of water all over the rug, everywhere, everywhere. I'm supposed to be emailing something to Melissa's partner. I don't even notice that there is a little bit of water on the laptop, but it's just over in this, you know, in a MacBook, there's this big area kind of below the keyboard, but next to the trackpad, uh, below the speaker, right? It's like a little sit, like if you're going to get part of it wet, that's the part to get wet. So that was the part that got wet. So I went to Melissa's computer and I emailed the thing and then I laid back down after mopping as much of, of the water off the rug as I could. And I patted, you know, you pat the laptop, pat, 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 right? I got that done. And it wasn't until many, many later, later, later years, years later, moments, hours high. It wasn't until many hours later that I realized that water must have gotten into the trackpad mechanism. Because now my computer does this wonderful thing where if I want the cursor to go left, uh, it uh, shuts all the windows. And if I want to scroll down, uh, I go to my, uh, you know, what what is that thing? That like docky thing, like it put, puts the whole dock on the whole screen. It's It's horrible. So I waited for it to dry. It kind of cleared up and then it keeps coming back. It's just this constant mind effing that my MacBook Pro is giving me because it's so old at four years. Anyway, Joe Mo and Blow is on his way. I can hear him now. So we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, the story of being back east and my road trip north side Johnny. So we took a break. We took a break because I thought I heard Joe. Joe Moen Blow, the guy that comes to our house and mows and, and, and blows. I thought I heard Joe coming with the blower. Because it's Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, I really shouldn't try to record the podcast, but I do. So I heard Joe coming and I thought, oh, what a good opportunity to go in the house and, uh, you know, I'll eat lunch. I'll take a break. We'll eat lunch. I'll come back later. We'll finish up the, the podcast. So I went in there. I ate lunch, even though it was about 1030 in the morning. Uh, that didn't really matter. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> it's a new school year. And I know a lot of you are parents. So a lot of you know, <laughs> you know that it's a new school year. Trust me. Nobody knows that it's a new school year more than uh, parents. So it's a new school year. And my son, uh, Hudson, who you may remember from the early days of this podcast, my daddy may now make an announcement, is now a six foot tall uh, high school junior. Yeah, I know we're that old. So he's he really wanted this year as a junior to be in honors biology. Okay. Honors advanced, excuse me, excuse me, honors advanced 11th grade and 12th grade honors. Did I say biology yet? No. He has this awesome teacher and he wanted to be in this class and he wanted to be in this class. Well, apparently if you're in honors English, 
and honors biology at Wild Winds. The only time you... That's his school. His school is named Wild Winds. It's a private school uh, in Los Angeles-ish, Santa Monica, okay? So, apparently, if you go to Wild Winds and you want to take honors English and honors advanced biology, the only time to take honors advanced biology is at 7 o'clock in the morning. Specifically, actually 6.55 in the morning. Which means Hudson and I, after a long, luxurious summer of getting up whenever pretty much, really, uh, we wanted, we are now getting up at 5... Well, I, I pretend to get up at 5.15. I actually get up at 5.30, get him up. We are getting up at 5.30 in the morning. Now, I know for you people... Especially you guys who are real men, real women, real people, real honest, hardworking Americans. 5.30 is probably a walk in the park. But for some reason, because I'm a wimp, I was born premature. I didn't fully right, gesticulate in the, in the womb or something. There's some reason, maybe it's just that I'm a, you know, you know, a wimp. That I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Okay? Now, there was a reason that I brought up getting up at 5.30 in the morning what was it? Oh, that's right, because I had lunch at 10.30 in the morning. It wasn't really that crazy. So, anyway, so I thought Joe was coming. I ate my lunch. I look out the window, because I don't hear Joe mowing and blowing. And I look out the window, and Joe's van is gone. Joe's van is nowhere to be seen. Joe, nowhere to be seen. But my grass hasn't been cut, but all the stuff has been blown. So he's blown. He just hasn't moan he blew everything onto the grass like bits of crumpled you know leaves and flowers dead flowers and branches and things onto the grass and then apparently had to go so i hope he's okay i honestly have no idea what the story is with joe moan blow i just know that he he is not dying somewhere on the property i did check the property but i don't I ho- joe we're sending out the bitter we're, right we're the vibes we hope you're doing okay We're streaming this on Periscope. I was going to, I still haven't figured out the streaming thing for the real camera. I hope to, because once you start something like that, it's very lonely to do this without a company. And so if, oh, hey, Flora. Hey, buddy. Flora's is here. Hey, buddy. If anyone is a streaming genius and you want to help an old, desperate, lonely man, uh, please let me know. Pill at danclass.com. Because I really, I really just want to be able to walk in here, flip a couple switches, and stream and record the show. Is that too much to ask? Yes, clearly it is. So I have, for those of you just listening at home, that was me drinking, I have two bottles here. One is a caramel-colored uh, diet cola beverage with caffeine, and the other is uh, dihydrogen monoxide which I find is very good for restoring my uh, internal hydration. I know there's a lot of controversy these days about dihydrogen monoxide. I don't care. I live in California. We, you know, in California, we're always trying to come up with some new fad on how to be healthy or whatever, how to live longer, whatever. And everyone's been uh, kind of touting the benefits of dihydrogen monoxide. So I got a couple bottles. Um, it's kind of more expensive than you think. Apparently, it's very rare these days. 
here in the West, but um, so far, so good. So far, I'm really enjoying it. I think I've been drinking so much, though it's starting to seep from my pores, which is kind of gross. <coughs> so, <coughs> no, don't start coughing. Oh, no. <coughs> okay, so. We went back east. Now, we go back east because we love back east. And we go back east. We have family back east. My mother-in-law is back east. And my brother-in-law, his wife, his daughters. Uh, we used to have an, an, a sister-in-law in there. And they're kind of in the south now. So we don't see them quite as much. But we still have friends in Manhattan. We have a lot of friends. Honestly, we have a lot of friends in Manhattan that, that I never get to see, which is kind of a bummer. And I'm going to just make a list. And then I don't know what I'm going to do with that list. But I'm going to, I, I need to make a list of people like, God, I would love to see uh, you know Jenny. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen Dr. Jenny in I don't know how long. And she has no idea how often she's in my thoughts because I never go see her when I'm in, right? When I'm in the East. So this is my vow to you. I am at the very least going to write down the words Dr. Jenny with sincere intention of then somehow using that list to to see Jenny. I don't know how this is going to work. I think I think the dihydrogen monoxide is getting to my brain. But <clears throat> so we went back east. And we took a red eye. Now the reason we took a red eye is cuz I think it must be cheaper cuz that w- my wife does all the barg- the bargain shopping for the tickets, okay? And she got us red eye tickets out of LAX cuz you know we you know we live near LAX. And you know that I say we live under the flight path, and someday I'm going to do a video tour of the actual house. I don't know that I've ever actually done that in the 10, 11, 12, however, 15,000 years that I've been doing these stupid recordings. I don't think I've ever actually shown you the house in kind of a tour. I always claim that we're under the flight path. We're not under the flight path. It's ridiculous. But it's right over there. If you're ever in Los Angeles on a layover, I will give you instructions on how for free you can take a bus, like a little bus, from LAX to the In-N-Out Burger near my house, and we can meet there, and you can buy me lunch. I, I think that's a good idea. I really do. So we went back east. We went on a red eye. Now, I would tell you something amazing that happened on the red eye, but nothing really amazing happened on the red eye. I don't even remember... <coughs> Oh, I, I do remember. I was going to say I didn't remember what uh, movie I watched. Every time we go to take a flight, I think to myself, you know, self, if you were a smart, rational adult human being, you would take a bunch of crap off your phone so you had storage space on your phone, and you would rent a movie uh, on iTunes or something. You'd download it to your phone, then you'd have at least the movie of your choice on your phone that you could watch if you can't uh, sleep on the plane. Now, the truth is I always sleep on the plane. The truth is I'm usually the guy who falls asleep during the safety video. My wife is always so irked at me because she's over in the three across with the two kids and I'm usually sitting by myself out, out, out cold. So this trip somehow, and I don't even remember how that happened, and I was all for it, trust me, we were two and two. So Hudson and I actually sat together. And of course, because he is six feet tall, (coughs) excuse me, 
He's six feet tall, and I'm considerably smaller. By really, if I keep shrinking at this rate, I will be six inches smaller than he is, probably by Halloween. I no longer get the aisle seat in our family. I am the middle seat guy. I'm not the aisle seat guy anymore. I used to be the tallest one. Now I am no way am I the tallest one by six inches. It's humiliating. I, the movie I rented, now I'm cheap. So, so that's the plan. That's the rational plan. And to rent a movie, I think it's $5 to rent a movie. Is that really that bad? I don't, I don't think so. But I always go straight for the 99 cent movies. I rented this thing called, oh shoot. It was so. See, that's how long it's been since I've recorded a podcast. I don't even know the name of the movie I rented on the plane. Kung Fu Earl? Kung Fu Wayne? Kung Fu something. <clears throat> For the sake of the conversation, check the website at www. You know what I mean? TheBitterIsPill.com. It's, it's called Kung Fu something. And it's Kung Fu super white guy name. And it's about this Canadian... A karate champion who decides he wants to be an action star slash director. And he is a one-man action movie industry up in uh, Saskatchewan or somewhere. Somewhere up in Canada where apparently there's not much competition to be an action star. Fascinating documentary. So I watched part of that on the plane with Hudson. We shared earbuds. It was so romantic. <clears throat> And we arrive, we get the plane, we, excuse me, we get the rental car, we, we drive, we drive for two hours to Poughkeepsie, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, the east coast is gorgeous, apparently rain just falls from the sky like free water, everything is green and lush, there's frogs, there's swamps for God's sake, swamps, swamps is just like super, super extra water. Like, listen, we've got rivers, we've got ponds, we've got lakes, we've got oceans, we've got the sound. We have so much water. Seriously, we have enough water for swamps. So what we do is we drive up to Poughkeepsie and we stay with my mother-in-law, who I think is like 89 years old. And I love my mother-in-law a lot. <clears throat> and I'm going to say some things that sort of seem like I'm being uh, saying mean things about my mother-in-law. The truth is I'm saying mean things about me spending any amount of time with anyone who's 89 years old. Because I've cut, there's an element of the trip that I've been dreading. An element of the visit, particularly with my mother-in-law, that... that has been weighing on me for weeks, two weeks, three weeks prior to the trip. And that is this. Your friend Dan cannot really hear discussions of medical procedures without getting the heebie-jeebies. Okay? I can't do it. I cannot hear about medical procedures without wanting to claw my own eyes out and then gouging out my ears and then just lying in a shallow grave in the fetal position. I can't do it. I can't do it. If I had had to have gone to medical school, I would have had to research like what medical field requires the fewest discussions of operating on cadavers. Now, the reason I dread 
then is because when you're 89 years old, your whole life revolves around medical procedures. Now, not necessarily even your own medical procedures, but at 89 years old, that is really the number one thing in your life is medical procedures, right? You've already, you've fallen in love, you've gotten married, you've had a couple of kids, you've had five kids or six kids or whatever it was, you've saved your money, you've put the kids through school, they've all graduated, they've all moved away, they've been disappointed, they've been disappointing you because they don't come and visit enough, you start having grandkids, aren't they cute, aren't they obnoxious, aren't they teenagers, aren't they out of college yet? And then you're 89 years old and really the rest, that's it for the rest of your life is medical procedure discussions. So I think it was literally we walk in the door and again, I love you, mother-in-law. And I'm telling you, any 89-year-old person is going to be like this. You know it. If you don't know it, it's only because you're not my age yet. Trust me. This is the truth of life. You will get to an age where, and my parents, trust me, my parents do the same thing to me. I just don't stay with my parents for seven days. And my parents are a little younger, so they're they're still a little in the ramp-up stage, but trust me, they're there. Ten seconds after getting there, I swear to God, hey, mother-in-law, how are you? Fine. Well, pretty good, except my feet have been bugging me, and now I'm going to launch into a 45-minute detailed discussion about the symptoms and treatment of my feet. And something snapped. Now, it wasn't that what she said was so bad. It was that for two or three weeks, I knew that's exactly what would happen. But I had to, I I, I thought it was going to at least kind of wait until after dinner on the first night. And I swear to, I literally could still smell the air from outside having come into the air conditioning. Hi, how are you? Kiss, kiss. Fine. Oh, except my feet, 45 minutes of me clawing at the kitchen table, my fingernails bearing down into the wood. It was driving me crazy. And my wife, who knows all this, she could have saved me. But my wife knows that as soon as I finally unlock eyes with my grand, uh, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law will turn to her daughter and just continue. Because when you're 89 years old, your whole life revolves around medical procedures. All right, Joe Moen blows here, and I'm just going to keep talking. But, but ladies and gentlemen, we have... Unofficial confirmation, Joe Moenblow is back and is back to mowing and blowing, or he has uh, got a proxy here, which I highly doubt. I've never seen him use a proxy. He's he's always Joe on the spot. Joe is back. Hallelujah. Thank you for your uh, cards and donations of quiet money. So... So that was the beginning of the trip. And so something in me snapped right away. And that something was, Dan, you can't do this for seven. You can't do this for seven days. You can't do this for seven days. What you've got to either shoot a short film or run away. You've got to, uh, you know, sleep in a dumpster for a couple of nights. Something You've got to figure out something to break this kind of normal cycle of going and visiting your in-laws 
and your friends. And no offense to any of the people involved, but what what it becomes it's just it's a very predictable pattern that we have been stuck in for 20 years really now children were introduced into this mesh right about 16 16 and a half years ago but still for about 20 years plus it's really been this pattern ever since my wife moved to California so I had to break the pattern break the pattern break the pattern I didn't know what I was going to do so I'm checking Facebook and I see on Facebook that Northside Johnny a classic rock cover band in Rochester, New York three-fifths of which is made up of former Dan Fairport High School classmates is performing the Sunday we are back east and they're performing from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. So I come up with this crazy plan. And trust me, it's a crazy, crazy, stupid, stupid plan. <clears throat> My crazy, crazy, stupid, stupid plan is to get up at the crack of dawn on Sunday, rent a car as early as I can, rent the cheapest car I can, within reason, drive it from Poughkeepsie, New York, to Rochester, New York. Hang around in Fairport for a couple hours, see the sights, maybe visit some people. See the show. Drive back the same day after the show. The show ends at 8. I can be out of there by 9. What is it? 5 hours? 6 hours? Come on, I can drive 5 or 6 hours starting at 9 o'clock at night. No problem because I'm that crazy. <laughs> Now, yes, this is a plan that I would not have dreamt up or tried to uh, pull off when I was 25. Why I think I can do it now that I'm twice that age, I have no idea. But that's the plan. And I tell this to my wife. I say, wife, that's the plan. What's the plan? I am going to drive to Rochester from Poughkeepsie at 9 in the morning on Sunday. I'm going to see some people. And I'm going to see the show. And then I, I, I drive back. And she says, are you sure? And I say, yes. And she says, no, really. Are you, really? Are you sure? And I say, yes. And she's like, right? <clears throat> now, she didn't say you shouldn't go. She didn't say, I don't want you to go. She didn't say, well, she just said, I'm worried about you trying to drive back the same night. And I always said, yeah, I know. Because that's how awesome my marriage is. That's how awesome a husband I am. When my wife voices concern for my well-being, I say, yeah, I know, I know. In kind of that way. Now, the truth is, I'm actually thrilled that she gives a shit. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm actually absolutely thrilled. Yeah, we'll discuss... Whoever just said four and a half hours by I-90, we'll, we're going to discuss that. So I might need to take a break because Joe's right outside the door and it's... 90... Two degrees in here. So, yeah, can you see there's Joe? See, he's he's fine. Can you hear him? So she says, are you sure? And I say, yeah, sure. Now, and it's funny because somebody on Periscope just said it's four and a half hours on I-90. Now, when I went to college in Syracuse and I would drive, 
So I went to college in Syracuse, New York, which is east of Rochester, right? Excuse me. I, for some reason, back then I had it in my head that it was six hours to get from Syracuse to Westport, Connecticut, which is where my parents moved to when I was about halfway through college. Can you hear, Joe? See, that you can hear, right? All right. Recording, recording. So, I had to stop there for a second and choke to death and wait for Joe. So, so that's the plan. Now, we did a bunch of stuff. Now, so this Sunday, this Sunday plan was made on, I don't even know what, maybe Tuesday. Okay? So Sunday... And then, yeah, we were going to have Monday and then leave the next Tuesday. So this plan, this was like a long-distance plan. You understand what I mean? This wasn't a next-day plan. The next-day plan was to just kind of hang around and have some fun. I think we went miniature golfing. You know, because when you fly from Los Angeles, where there's no miniature golf here, being Southern California, um, and then you go to Poughkeepsie to play miniature golf... In the uh, humidity, it's awesome. <laughs> now, but by this point, by the way, I guess I, I didn't mention that I had essentially grown a beard. Let's add that to the equation. So we're out, we're playing putt-putt golf. It's very uh, steamy and hot. I have a beard and a baseball hat and all baseball hats. I have my favorite baseball hat that I hadn't made. It has a K on it. It's so sweaty. It's so sweaty. So basically, we go play miniature golf. I'm so sweaty by the time we get back that I take my shaver that I just bought. I just bought a replacement shaver because I do cut my own hair because I'm bald. And a bald guy really, I mean, how, how intricate can the whole haircutting thing be? So for about 20 years, I've been cutting my own hair, and I know it shows. I know. I know. It It shows. <laughs> But I basically you put it on an attachment and you rub it on your head against the grain until you're done. And um, I bought a new razor shaver clipper thing to maintain this little beard that I had going because I thought it might look good, but nothing looks good if it feels as horrible as having a beard in the humidity when you're not used to humidity. So the minute we got back to my mother-in-law's house... I got out the trimmer and I trimmed my beard really short and my mustache as short as I could tr- get it, but I couldn't really get it that short. And then my hair, I just, and I wasn't even in the house. I was looking at my reflection in my mother-in-law's car windows, like zzz, cutting all of the hair off my head in self-defense. Because as hot as it gets here, it just never gets that humid it gets humid here now apparently this summer i don't know what the hell's going on but not like that so literally not even looking i don't care i don't know this razor i don't know this setting it it doesn't have like 15 attachments it just has two attachments and you adjust them to a number i don't give a shit what number it's on i'm just running it around my head laughing and sweating Now, I'm glad I did that because the next, uh, not the next day, but so, so that was Tuesday and Wednesday and we had some fun, you know, we did the, you know, I don't know what we did. 
I think Hudson and I went and saw Mission Impossible one day because that was air conditioned. We saw, you know, we you know we see family, we hang out with family, and we. I don't even remember now. I'm I'm getting so hot in here. I have no memory. I'm really focused on the drive to Rochester. Let's be honest. I have this fantasy that I'm going to drive up there and I'm going to see a bunch of people before I even go to the show. I'm going to visit, uh, you know, this person. I don't, I don't want to, well, yeah, I don't know. There were just certain people I felt like I really should see <coughs> because I hadn't seen them since uh, a loved one had passed away. A couple people, right? And, uh, you know, an actor friend of mine who's been doing a lot of acting work up there, I wanted to see him. I haven't seen him in, I don't know, 20 years. Maybe some other friends from drama club, you know what I mean? We're drama club friends, you know what I mean? And then all the people that I would see at this big show, the big rock concert. So that was my, I was going to come into town, I was going to have plenty of time, I was going to contact all these people, we were going to have maybe lunch together or something. I was going to be that kind of Pied Piper guy. And then we were going to go to the show and there were going to be a lot of other people there. It was going to be like a big reunion and we were all going to be having fun. It would be like a big rock show and maybe the band would call me on stage to sing a song even though I can't sing. It doesn't matter because Dan's in town and he's not been in town since like 2002 and this will be awesome. So that was my fantasy. And that's what's going to happen. So that was going to be Sunday but Saturday we went to New York City. <coughs> And in the morning, we saw some friends, and we had brunch, and that was wonderful. And then in the afternoon, we saw some other friends. And we were with our friend Wendy, and we didn't know what to do. So because when you're, you know, you're a parent, you got to do something to occupy your children. And we, uh, just as soon as you get that down to a science, your kids age out of whatever you have gotten down to a science. So the last time we went to New York, we went to the Empire State Building and spent 16 hours going up to the top of that stupid thing. I mean, it was fun, but it was like, <laughs> could have done this in five minutes and I would have been great. If it hadn't been for the 30,000 other people there, we could have just gone upstairs, looked out the window and gone home. So Melissa and Wendy did a little research and they found out about this park area in Brooklyn where there's supposed to be these art sculptures and the, this art installation and this whatever, whatever. So that's what, so they say, now they say, Dan, is there something else you'd rather do? And I say, no, because I know I don't want to rock the boat because I want to go to Rochester. I have never done this. I have never left the Poughkeepsie Manhattan trip to go off on my own to Rochester to see friends ever, ever. The closest thing is on the way home from a New York uh, Poughkeepsie trip, I got off the plane in Las Vegas and went to a podcasting convention. That, that's the closest thing. But that really was just like a little leg of a trip that wasn't the same. That's not the same as literally leaving Poughkeepsie to drive to Rochester. So whatever anyone said Saturday was a go for me. That's fine. I got nothing to say. So the plan is we're going to go into Brooklyn, which is very cool. You know, Brooklyn's cool now, and that's the cool place to be. I haven't been to Brooklyn since 1988. Well, Brooklyn's cool now. It's like Portland, but even sweatier. So we should go to Brooklyn. We'll go to Brooklyn. We'll see art. It'll be fun. We'll see art. So I, I guess we got on the subway, and we went out to Brooklyn. We got off the subway... You know, because I'm not the leader, I'm the follower, I don't even remember 
exactly what we do. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're the one plotting the course, then you remember the course. If you're just the one following the course, you don't know what the hell's going on. So all I know is we we end up in this place. And Wendy says that we're in Dumbo. Oh, this is Dumbo. This is Dumbo. Oh, Dumbo's great. I'm like, well, is this new? And she's like, oh, no, this has been here for ages. I have never heard of Dumbo. Have you heard of Dumbo? Not the elephant, the place. Well, it turns out part of Brooklyn, this is how stupid and like West Coast and out of touch I, I guess I am. There's a place called Dumbo. District under... Bridge over... District under Manhattan Bridge overpass. Overpass. Yeah, I think something like that. Does that sound right? Human resources. District under Manhattan Bridge overpass is Dumbo. Thank God it's spelled Dumbo and not something obscene. So we go to Dumbo, and the wonderful thing about Dumbo in in, in Brooklyn that day is it had to have been a hundred degrees and three hundred percent humidity. And we're walking along, we're walking these cobblestone streets, and I was thinking to myself, boy, you know, if this was like two months from now, and I could wear a nice light jacket and some socks, you know, it'd be a little chilly, this would probably be the greatest thing in the world. But it's not the greatest thing in the world. It's a hot, sweaty, dumbo, freaking mess. And there's loud music, and there's sweat pouring out of every inch of my body, and we end up wandering aimlessly around Dumbo looking for these stupid art installations. Now what Dumbo did have or the district next to the district under the Manhattan Bridge overpass was some sort of park area with uh, the, the... I've never been to Brooklyn. I'm not used to being on that side of the river. So it was just like, hey, look, water and bridge and stuff. There's a fountain that a lot of kids are playing in. That seems disgusting. The person really enjoying themselves was the owner of the lemonade truck. Trust me, the owner of the lemonade truck in Dumbo is a gajillionaire. Because it's the only thing you can buy without sitting down at a restaurant that seems like a smart idea, right? What do we pay, like $7 for lemonade with some mint leaves on top? It was unbelievable. Welcome to Brooklyn. But listen, we had fun. We did have fun. We eventually were going to leave Dumbo or the district next to the district under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. But we weren't going to go to this train. We were going to go to that train. We, right? we came in on this train, which was directly under the under overpass thing. We weren't going to do that. We were going to go to the other train. So we went to the other train, but the other train was closed. So then we had to go to yet another train. So now I want to die. So we finally get to the subway train station in Brooklyn. And I don't know what part of Brooklyn is. is It's not the cute part. It's the part that'll be cute in 10 years. But right now it's not the cute part of Brooklyn. So we're in the really not cute part of Brooklyn. And we go to get into the, we go into the station and we swipe in. And what we do is we put money on on Wendy's card and then she swipes us in but there's five of us and once you swipe four people in the card tells you F you so we keep having to dick around with that we finally get everybody through the turnstile and I realize that we're not walking anymore 
were standing still waiting to get in to an elevator. An elevator in August in a Brooklyn, New York subway train station. An an elevator. Why is there even an elevator to get into, but we're getting into an elevator? Should I just pass out now and you, can you just drag my body wherever it needs to go and then wake me when we get to Greenwich Village? Please. But listen, the truth is, so that that was very hot and sweaty. Now, part of the reason it was hot and sweaty is because I dressed for all day. See, if you really live in Manhattan, you've got like sandals or whatever Manhattan people wear on their feet. I don't know seems like everybody wears sandals everywhere. It's disgusting. But you know what I mean? You have like a light colored shirt with short sleeves and some shorts, maybe cargo shorts. Or I don't know what guys wear. I don't look at guys. I don't look at guys and I can't dress like women that I look at. Do you understand? the predict- like I, That's why I never know what to wear. But I dressed because I knew we were going to go out to dinner and I didn't want to bring luggage. Right? So I had on jeans. Okay, I admit it. They're the only pants I have. I have jeans. But later that night, we were meeting some other friends. Hello, David. Hello, Gerard. And having dinner. Now, I hadn't seen David and Gerard for... I don't even know. It's one of those things where it's embarrassing to even think about how long it had been. Because I love these guys. And we never see them. Like, I don't know... Again, it's part of... The only reason is is that we're in a rut. And so, I feel like I hadn't seen them... In a couple of trips, I don't know, it's disgusting the amount of, anyway. So we go out to dinner, we see David and Gerard with Wendy and Wendy's husband's Fika and our whole family. We had a great dinner. I would tell you where it was, but I don't remember the name of it because I was dying of heat prostration from earlier in the day, but it was a great restaurant. It was in Manhattan. It was on probably 18th street. It was on one of the big streets. You know how every once in a while there's a big street, like 34th is a big street, 28, no, not 28. 34th, I don't know. But anyway, I think it might have been on like 18th. I don't know. It was, not, it was a good restaurant. Listen, it doesn't matter, okay? It was a very nice restaurant. We ate upstairs. The food was great. I don't remember what I had. Might have been, I don't know. It came with sweet potato fries. That's all I remember. It was great to see David and Gerard. And Wendy and Svika and, and, and Sharon and Bill and everybody, everybody we saw, it was great. It was just great. It's that great kind of like, I hope you have this experience. One of the experiences that I actually have that I really do enjoy is you kind of swoop into a town that you think is super cool, see some super cool people that super cool live there all the time. You spend super cool time with them and then unfortunately you do have to leave. So, Eventually, the plan is to leave Manhattan. Now, <clears throat> I honestly don't remember the period between leaving the restaurant and, and getting into the car. I assume we went back to Wendy and Svika's because we had the dog with us because we take the dog everywhere we go. Yeah, we, we had the dog with us. Our dog, Hugo. Our seven-pound mixed-breed dog. When I say mixed-breed, what I mean is he's a breed of dog that was mixed with a breed of rat. So Hugo's with us. So we must have gone back to Wendy and Svika's apartment to get the dog. 
and then drive back to New York or uh, to Poughkeepsie. Now, the idea was, as you can imagine, to not get out of town too late so everybody could get some sleep and knowing that I'm going to get up at the crack of dawn to be at Hertz at nine in the morning to get this eight in the eight in the morning. Whenever Hertz, when does Hertz open? Seven? Whenever Hertz rent a car opens on a Sunday, that's when I was going to be there. So we get in the car, and I, I know how to get out of Manhattan, especially from Winnie and Sfika. It's very easy. They live in Chelsea. You just go east until you get to the West Side Highway, and then you just go. And that's it. You just go, and you're there. You just go. And then, and then once I get into the Bronx, we've got this way we go, and if I just don't get us lost, we're fine, and then I'm on Poughkeepsie, right? But of course, it's Saturday night, and so somebody has had a crash or a carjacking, or a drug deal gone bad, or something on the West Side Highway, and we get stuck in traffic, and we don't really get off the island of Manhattan until after midnight. And so concludes part one of uh, episode 337. That doesn't... As of this recording, it doesn't even have a title, so sorry about that, but uh, the recording of this story these stories or whatever whatever you want to call this this recording session went very long long in fits and starts uh, stopping for the mowing of the lawn stopping for a lot of coughing and then heat and coughing and long you know it was this whole thing so this uh quote-unquote episode is is actually going to be a two-part episode so that was the end of part one thank you so much for listening uh, part two will be coming in probably two or three days but I've, I've already started cutting the show i'm recording this that you're hearing right now a day or two after I recorded everything else. So I've already started editing the show and it's taking so much time and it's going to be so long that it just has to be two episodes. It's, going to, it's just going to take me too long. So so that's that. So next time in a couple days, uh, the story of the drive up there, etc., etc. But thank you for listening to The Bitterest Pill. Thank you for being so patient between shows. Um, I don't want to jinx it by saying I'm not coughing anymore because I coughed a lot this morning, so I won't even bring it up. Okay, sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to say it. Uh, this show, of course, was made possible in large part by the patrons of the show that uh, connect to the show and support the show financially through Patreon.com at Patreon.com slash Dan Class. Class with a K, as you, you know, I would assume. And, of course... Uh, our main contributors for this episode are, as usual, the wonderful people who are. This episode of The Bitterest Pill is supported by Patreon patrons, including Dave Jackson, Mike Hamilton, Floris, Harold Goldner, Tom Carroll, David Chase and Gerard Cortinez, Chris Glass, Scott Mercer, Michael C. Rail and Tom Ingram. Thank you for your support, one and all. Thank you to all of you and all the patrons. That support the show. They get the show a little bit earlier than than it actually hits the official feed where you get it downloaded through iTunes. If you need to get the show right away, become a patron of the show. Uh, for as little as I think it's like a dollar a show or maybe it's even less. I have no idea what the minimum is, to tell you the truth. Um, but you, then you'll, you'll get a link to the show right away. Otherwise, just be patient. It's coming. I promise. All right, so that was one. Uh, w- that was number uh, three three seven part one, uh, three three seven part two coming soon. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Please tell a friend. 
review the review the show at iTunes. All those things that a really smart professional person would ask you to do in a much calmer voice. Okay, okay. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's 